0: The only constant in software is change.
1: Welcome to the MongoDB podcast. This is the podcast where we discuss software development, data, and all things MongoDB. Today on the show, we're talking about MongoDB Realm. This is our backend as a service where you can develop functions in the cloud and integrate with services. This is the MongoDB Realm platform, and we're going to talk with Drew DePalma, lead product manager for this formerly known as MongoDB Stitch platform. So stay tuned and listen to learn about MongoDB Realm. All right, welcome to the podcast. Today, we're talking to Drew DePalma, who works as a product manager. Well, Drew, I'll let you introduce yourself. Tell the the, the folks listening who you are and what you're up to.
2: Of course. Hey, folks. My name is Drew DePalma. I lead product for MongoDB Realm, uh, and that's really everything from the tools that we provide on top of MongoDB Atlas to help you build applications, as well as the Realm database and the different clients that we have for folks who are just building applications on top of Realm. And outside of that, I you know work at all sorts of different things outside of work. I've been learning a lot more about mobile app development lately, but also learning how to play guitar.
1: Oh, nice. Oh, that's great. I'm a, I'm a guitar player myself. We'll have to jam at some point. That's awesome. So for the folks that are joining us and, and don't know about MongoDB Realm, it's a backend as a service, right? There's, a, there's all sorts of fun stuff you can do as a developer. Um, maybe go into a little bit more detail and tell us about MongoDB Realm. What is it? Why, why would somebody want to use Realm?
2: Yeah, so traditionally, we say that MongoDB is a great database to build applications on, and what Realm does is really try to take that to the next level. Uh, thinking about everything that you need to build an application, not just a database, but what are the components on top of that? Authentication, data access rules, ability to deploy code simply, you know, logging and monitoring, as well as hooks to your client side. So whether you're building a web app, uh, we give you, you know, access with a GraphQL API, or if you're building a mobile app, different SDKs for iOS, Android, React Native. And even if you're just doing more sort of a back-end workflow, we have triggers and functions that let you build an event-driven architecture on top of your MongoDB instance.
1: That's great. And it's all built right into MongoDB Atlas, our database as a service, right? Exactly. Yeah. All right. So I was going to say,
0: what uh, is the target audience for Realm? Is there a target audience? Is it everyone? Well it's
2: definitely designed to be a platform that everyone can use, whether you are just starting off as a developer or this is the you know, millionth application that you've built. We are focusing a lot in the short term about people who have a lot of data in mongodb and want to build an application on top of it. whether it's you know a new website, we see lots of people who will build a, maybe an admin panel or a side website on top of their Atlas data. makes it really easy to do that. Or if you are coming from the Realm side, you know, ever since we brought Realm into the MongoDB family, we've seen lots of people who are building Realm applications locally, and are looking for a backend to store and sync and back up that data. Uh, so that's definitely another you know type of user we see who's coming in and getting you know a lot of value out of uh, MongoDB Realm.
1: Hmm. And so those are those are developers traditionally from the mobile side, but, but MongoDB Realm has really transformed into this, this platform that's not just for mobile, right?
2: Yeah, really what we want to do is look at, you know, you have all of this great data in MongoDB, where do you need to get it? How can we make it simple for you to get just the right amount of data as quickly as possible between MongoDB and your application, whether it's web, whether it's mobile or something else?
1: Great. And, and where are we at in terms of the transition from, from Realm as a standalone company to having them a, a part of the MongoDB family?
2: Yeah. So we brought Realm into the MongoDB family last May, and it was definitely a little bit of a journey working with the team and the technology to try to get everything integrated on top of MongoDB. There were some key differences in terms of how Realm modeled data Uh, and how it dealt with data on the client side. And what we've done is take a lot of the logic that the Realm team had built, all the client side SDKs, they had built a great bi-directional syncing solution. And we've integrated that into a platform that we used to call Stitch, a serverless platform for developing applications. when we integrated this new logic in and really sort of brought Realm to be a first party solution, we have just renamed everything to be Realm. So I think at this point, you know, while everything is still in beta currently, uh, it is sort of a fully end-to-end solution for building applications with Realm and MongoDB together uh, and also with things like GraphQL.
0: So let me me just ask some questions for uh, clarity for our listeners in case there's any kind of confusion. So when you when you want to get started with Realm, you you don't strictly have to be using it for mobile applications, right? Even though that uh, it was once based off of a mobile kind of database framework, correct?
2: Correct. Yeah. So MongoDB Realm will let you build applications for web, mobile, or, or use our triggers. It also has all of the great tools for building mobile applications that the Realm team built.
0: Cool. So in regards to some of the features of of Realm as a whole then, so you just mentioned triggers. Can you maybe shed a little bit more light on, on what that means?
2: Yeah. And this actually really builds on a lot of the work that MongoDB has done with change streams. What triggers do is really just listen to changes uh, in your MongoDB instance. And when those changes occur, we run a serverless function for you. You have the ability, you know, full sort of JavaScript to write your function, ability to use NPM packages, uh, and that lets you write pretty robust code to deal with that change, whether it is ensuring that the information from a change gets moved elsewhere, or kicks off other workloads as a part of your application, or, you know, really sort of anything. Uh, An example I like to use is, let's say a sale is made, that record of the sale hits the database, you could have a trigger that manages your inventory, sends an email receipt to the customer, uh, and then maybe that goes and updates another uh, store of record with that sale.
1: Hmm. Or, or even enriches the data, maybe reaches out to another data source and enriches the data based on the purchasing habits or does recommendations. or Yeah, that's a, that's a phenomenal feature. I, I personally love working with triggers. Now, there's two types of triggers that I've seen in Realm there's the trigger at the application level in what was formerly called stitch and then they were they were moved at some point to to also make triggers available at the atlas level can you talk a little bit about the differences there between the the application level triggers and the atlas triggers
2: absolutely yeah and there's really not too much of a difference between the two with atlas triggers you really have just a, a different UI on top of triggers that helps you create your triggers a little bit more simply uh, and manage them in line with your Atlas cluster. Behind the scenes, it's all it's all the same request processing and compute for triggers. And uh, you get the same level of features and the same resiliency, whichever path you use to create your triggers.
1: That's great. And so looking at some additional capabilities that are brought to us within the Realm environment. Tell us a little bit about GraphQL support.
2: Yeah, GraphQL is another feature that's a little bit newer uh, for us. What we let you do is scan data in your MongoDB Atlas cluster, and we will generate a GraphQL API for you. That'll help you get started, giving you direct access to your data, as well as the ability to query with with range-based queries that you might be familiar with for MongoDB. And we've also given you the ability to have custom resolvers. So instead of just pulling the data directly from MongoDB, you want to actually write a function that may join data from different data sources, or call an API, or do some sort of light processing of your data before it's served from the GraphQL API. You have the ability to do that. And just like everything else in Stitch, It's all serverless, all really sort of gives you the ability to go from zero to 100 very, very quickly.
0: So I just wanted to give a a plug real quick. So uh, uh, not too long ago, we actually had an episode that featured Joe Carlson from MongoDB. And that episode was strictly around GraphQL. So keep a lookout for it inside of the podcast show listing. I have another question if uh, Mike doesn't have one for you. Yeah, go ahead. (laughs) Oh yeah, so my question um, is probably around uh, functions now. So, if you are writing functions, um, so kind of the serverless kind of thing, what does it look like when it comes to interacting with your MongoDB DB data? Does it does it mimic one of the, uh, say the the Node JS SDK, or is it a slightly different process? What goes into that? Yeah, it's
2: pretty close to the JS SDK. We've tried to keep things, you know, generally idiomatic because you are writing functions in JavaScript. One of the nice things about writing functions with Stitch is that the interaction with your cluster is fully managed by Stitch. So maintaining that connection, establishing the connection, thinking about things like connection pooling, that is all managed by Stitch. So one of the things that you may run into when you're building out serverless applications is having to think about, uh, you know, how do I make sure there are not too many connections to my database, that connections are used efficiently. And it's nice because Stitch takes care of that completely for you. And all that you're really left to do is use uh, this syntax that feels very much like the drivers to uh, make the actual requests to MongoDB. Hmm.
1: And those those functions are all hosted in in the Realm environment. You mentioned Stitch, and that's the, the former product name, but it's all hosted in the in the Realm environment. So I'm writing I'm writing JavaScript yeah, yeah. ES6 syntax. It's they're stored in a function. What about integration with um, with source control?
2: Yeah, so Realm gives you a couple of ways to integrate with source control. Right now, we uh, will let you take your application definition. So we have all these complex features of Realm, and behind the scenes, they map to just simple JSON and JavaScript files. You can edit those locally, either use our CLI to push them up to Realm, or you can store them in a GitHub repo. Uh, And when you make changes to your code, they'll automatically be deployed to your application. Uh, We're also making a lot of improvements in that area. So keep a lookout for more advanced CLI features, support for more uh, types of different repositories. Things like that are definitely a really big focus as we think about how do we make it incredibly simple to just develop apps, whether it's a POC to get started or a fully production-level application
1: yeah so okay i I mean you're describing this this awesome platform it's got a, a number of services built in it it connects directly to my to my source control. it gives me a number of benefits associated with having the proximity of being close to the database. Why would I choose realm as a a fully integrated platform versus I don't know maybe leveraging a driver and writing my own JavaScript code that I'm going to host somewhere else w- What are the benefits associated with with developing, leveraging the full MongoDB and MongoDB Realm platform?
2: Yeah, a lot of this is really just making sure that you get all the best practices and really getting as much speed of development as possible. So especially when you're starting a new project or you're creating a new feature, one of the things that I think about as a product manager is that it's not real until you get it into the hands of a user. Uh, And being able to not have to think about Deploying hardware, deploying VMs, managing all the intricacies around your SDK, think about scaling, think about security, having a lot of that made really simple gives you the ability to get new features into the hands of your customers more quickly. You know, whether you are building sort of a sample app or building a personal website or you're working on a project for your startup, you know, uh, that's all, you know, Really important to just be able to ship without thinking about a lot of the things that distract us in the day
1: to day when we're developing. Right, so it's about efficiency. Yep, exactly. So
0: um, let's let's talk a little bit more about this. So so we know that uh, Realm offers authentication, right? So can you talk us through what that looks like? Because authentication, uh, maybe even authorization, these are these are important parts of any kind of application that is worth anything. Any enterprise is going to probably have some form of authentication needs. Can you walk us through what that looks like? Yeah, I'll
2: start with authentication, and then we can cover authorization as well. So in authentication, what we do is we provide some really great mechanisms for building out your own authentication, or uh, we see lots of people who are developing as part of an organization, there's already some sort of auth framework that they want to be working with, we'd let you integrate that as well. So we've got a whole slew of mechanisms. We have Facebook and Google on the social side. We have our own username and password provider, uh, anonymous login, API key. Uh, We also have the ability to create a custom function for authentication. And this is maybe if you want to do something a little bit more complex, like logging in with your phone, using some sort of OTP flow, or maybe getting data from a number of authentication providers in order to have a successful login. And then on the integration side, we have a custom auth provider which will either you know take a sign-in key for a JWT or you can point it to a JWKS URI, and that will let any JWT that comes from an auth system that you're using be used to sign into Stitch as well.
1: Great. A lot of options when it comes to to authentication. Uh, and authorization. Hey, I want to be cognizant of your time. I know we were <laughs> we're stealing you away from your day job, so I want to be cautious that we don't, don't go over on your your time. But can you talk a little bit about what's next? What's what's coming down the pike for development for MongoDB Realm?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So we've just sort of launched some of these new features this year. GraphQL is is new this year, and while we you know, marked at GA, I think there's still a lot of interesting features that we might want to push out there. And also that space is evolving very quickly. So really sort of looking to the GraphQL community and seeing what features are coming that we want to adapt to, what, how our best practices is evolving. One of the things that is still on our roadmap is subscriptions for GraphQL. I think that that's a pretty compelling feature, especially when you think about it in the context of how we do real-time updates with MongoDB and with Realm. On the Realm side of things, uh, specifically Realm Sync, we have just put that into beta recently. So that's a new solution. And bi-directional sync for mobile applications is an incredibly complex problem. Uh, so I think we'll be working on that for a while, looking at performance, looking at scalability, looking at all the features that you would use to also take your code, build a, you know application, and also thinking about development, test, QA, really giving you that sort of robust development pipeline for mobile applications. Looking a little bit beyond that, we definitely want to you know, think about advancing functions and think about taking the development of Stitch outside of the UI. So whether you're working in the UI, within your favorite IDE, or locally, you have all the tools that you need to build a really great application.
0: So I have a question. I don't even know if this is still a thing or not, um, because my, my involvement in the serverless world is, is uh, limited, especially with, with Realm. Is there any plans to support the serverless framework? I think that's a popular framework that people use when developing serverless applications.
2: Yeah, we do hear some requests for serverless framework support. That's something that we're going to be looking at in line with the tools that we integrate for development and deployment. So one of the philosophies that we want to adhere to is that whatever tools you're using, whether it's an IDE that you like, whether it's a CI/CD tool that you use, or a way of deploying infrastructure that you typically use, we want to integrate there. So while we haven't integrated with serverless framework yet, uh, it is something that we are definitely keeping an eye on in terms of how the community evolves.
0: Awesome, that sounds amazing. Um, So, Drew, is there anything that you'd like to share with the audience before we bring this to a close? I mean, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Uh, Any kind of feedback that you want to give in regards to? Hey, I wish I knew this sooner uh, because it would have made my life a lot easier when it comes to realm. Anything like that?
2: (laughs) Well, that's pretty broad, but you know, one of the things for me is
0: just any any kind of words of wisdom, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I am someone who. Really loves to plan things out, and I constantly have to push myself to take a step back from planning and and just kind of get my hands dirty with code and start building things. Uh, it's always tough to strike that right balance between the two, you know. So I, I'm always exploring new technologies, exploring you know new ways of building applications, and that's one of the things that I always find really interesting and and rewarding. So I you know, always encourage other people to do the same.
0: Awesome. Well, uh, we appreciate that you took time out of your busy day, Drew, to be on this particular episode. I think there is a lot more when it comes to Realm, especially uh, the mobile side and the sync side of things. And we definitely want to have you back on a future episode.
2: Great. Look forward to it.
0: Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the podcast. If you found it useful, it would mean a lot to us if you went into Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you're listening to it from, if that network allows for ratings and reviews, go ahead and drop it a five-star rating and say something nice about the podcast so that way future listeners can get an idea of what they're getting themselves into. If you're on social media, maybe Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, you know, all of the major social media networks, we're on it too. Go ahead and follow us. We're MongoDB in most places. But if you'd like to follow us in particular, us being me, Nick Raboy, and Mike Lynn. I am at NRABOY on Twitter. And then Mike, what are you at? Oh, I'm at at NLIN. Awesome. So go ahead and give us a follow on social media as well. And that concludes this episode of the podcast.